Today on From His Heart, we'll be reminded that God alone is worthy of your love. But do you really love Him? Here's Pastor Jeff Shreve. Hey, talk is cheap. You say you love God and you don't obey God, then the Lord says, well, you don't really love me because if you really loved me, you would obey me. Do you love Him? Are you devoted to Him? Are you obedient to Him? You know, when we talk about idols in our lives, you say, what, what exactly is an idol? It's anything you love more than God. It's anything you serve more than God. It's anything you fear more than God. It's anything you get more excited about than you do the Lord. That has become your God. And you have another God beside God. Listen, it's all or nothing with God. This is From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve. And thank you for joining us today for part two of the lesson entitled, God Alone. It's from Pastor Jeff's new 10-message series, Written in Stone, a study of the Ten Commandments. Question, what is the first commandment? Exodus chapter 20, verse three tells us, thou shalt have no other gods before me. What can we learn from the first of the Ten Commandments? Pastor Jeff shares three important truths about God from this first commandment in today's lesson entitled, God Alone. We'll have part two of the lesson today. We'll do some catching up from last time, but you can listen to yesterday's broadcast or even download an MP3 of it, along with Pastor Jeff's sermon notes when you go to fromhisheart.org. Click the Listen tab. Now though, open your Bible to Exodus chapter 20. Here's Pastor Jeff to explain why it is always God alone. Exodus chapter 20 says, Then God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. What do we learn from the first of the Ten Commandments. The very first commandment teaches us three important truths about God. Truth number one, God is the awesome God. Now, the people heard the voice of God. They didn't see a form, but they heard the voice of God, and they trembled before the Lord. They were scared to death. We know this is true because it says in Exodus chapter 20, verse 18, when the Lord finished speaking, and all the people perceived the thunder and the lightning flashes and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood at a distance. Then they said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but let not God speak to us lest we die. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid for God has come in order to test you and in order that the fear of him may remain with you so that you may not sin. Don't be afraid of God, but fear God. And that's how it starts out as they're receiving these commands from the voice of God. It starts out with fear and trepidation and trembling because God is an awesome God, a fear-producing God, not to be afraid of, 
but to be feared, to be revered, to consider him as the most uh, valuable, worthy. So that's the first truth that we learn from the beginning of the Ten Commandments. Our God is an awesome God. Second truth, not only is God the awesome God, but God is the only God, the only God. He says, you shall have no other gods, little g, before me. God is the only God. No other gods besides me, no other gods alongside of me, literally no other gods before my face. Now, there are many false gods, but just one true God. And see, the, the Jews, as they came out of Egypt, well, they were born in Egypt. They knew about all these false gods, and they knew that these gods were worshipped, and no doubt the gods had uh, these false gods. They had some demonic power associated with them. And so the people were kind of conditioned that way, and they were getting ready to go into the promised land. And what did you have in the promised land? Everybody's a pagan in the promised land. Everybody's worshiping false gods, lots of false gods. But there's only one true God, and there's only one God we are to worship and serve. Remember what Satan said to Jesus? All the kingdoms of the world have been given to me, and I can give them to whomever I wish, and I'll give them to you, Jesus, if you'll just bow down and worship me. And Jesus said, it is written, you shall worship God only, and him only shall you serve. We worship and serve God alone. Now, people today say, well, you know, we're not like those people way back when in ancient Israel. We don't, we don't worship Baal. We don't have these idols. We don't have some totem pole that we worship. No, we're more sophisticated. We worship money. That's the American idol. People worship money and materialism. We worship pleasure. We worship sports. And we worship celebrities. And we worship family. You know, uh, that starts getting close to home. Well, are we supposed to love our family? Yes. We don't worship our family. We worship the Lord and Him alone. And for many people, you know who they worship? They worship themselves. And life is all about me. I love the Jim Gaffigan skit where he talks about working out. And he said, you know, they have mirrors all in the gym. He said, why? I don't want to have, I don't want to look at myself while I'm working out. He said, I know what I look like. That's why I'm going to the gym. But he said, there's some people, they just love to look at themselves, and they look at themselves while they're working on themselves, and they get on the treadmill, and they're looking at themselves, and they're working on themselves, and they're looking at their self-magazine, and then they go online to their Facebook page to look at pictures of themselves, see what myself wrote about myself, and everything is about myself. Lots of people worship self. The atheist who says, I don't believe in God. Well, you have a God. It might be money, it might be pleasure, it might be intellect. For most of those people, it is self. Well, the Lord says, you have no other gods before me, no other gods that come up and rival me because I am the only God. Now, we see this so beautifully pictured in 1 Kings 18. Elijah on Mount Carmel. 
because the people were, it's not like they just said no to Jehovah. We, we've thrown Jehovah out. We're not worshiping Yahweh anymore. We're worshiping the Baals. They wanted to cover their bases. They wanted to hedge their bets. So it's like, yeah, we worship Jehovah. We worship Yahweh here, but we also worship the Baals. And Elijah said to them, how long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. Hey, you can't keep riding the fence. Get off the fence. Either go all in for the Lord. Either he's God and you need to follow him or he's not God. Baal is God and you need to follow him. How long will you hesitate between two opinions? They didn't answer him a word. He said, this is what I want to do. Let's have a little contest to see who God is. If it's, they, there are 450 prophets of Baal. I alone am the prophet of the Lord. I, the one guy, will go up against the 450 prophets of Baal. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to take wood and we're going to make an altar there with the wood. And we're going to take an oxen. We'll cut up the oxen. We'll put it on the wood, but we won't have a fire underneath it. We'll call upon God to light the fire. And Baal and his 450 prophets, uh, they'll call upon Baal. And he said, I will call upon the Lord and the God who answers by fire, he is God. And the people said, that's a good idea. Let's do that. And so he said, okay, you prophets of Baal, you go first. So they got the wood and they cut up the oxen. They put the, the pieces on the wood there and they called upon their God and they called upon him from nine in the morning till noon. No answer, no voice, nothing happened. And then Elijah starts mocking them. And he said, hey, what's up with your God? Maybe he's gone on a journey. Or maybe he's asleep. Or maybe he's in the bathroom. He actually said that. Maybe he's relieving himself. Maybe you need to cry out louder. So they said, that's a good idea. It might be in the bathroom, you know. Uh, you, you can never tell with Baal. And so they, they began to cut themselves with lances, and the blood started gushing, and they cried out with a loud voice. And for three more hours, there's nothing. Why? Because there's no God but Jehovah God. That's why. And so they, there is no answer. And so then Elijah said, now it's my turn. And he took 12 stones for the 12 tribes of Israel, and he made an altar, and he put the wood on the, the stones, and then he cut up the oxen, and he put the parts of the ox on the wood. And then he said, let's do this. He said, get me some water. He dug a trench around this whole altar. It could hold four gallons of water. It was a big trench. And he said, uh, douse it with water. So they took a bunch of water. They doused it with water. He said, do it again. They did it again. He said, do it a third time. They did it a third time. There was so much water that it filled up the trench that held four gallons of water. That's a lot of water. Everything is totally drenched. And then he prayed and he called upon the Lord and the fire from God fell boom like that after his prayer. And it consumed the sacrifice. It consumed the wood. It consumed the stones. It consumed the dust. And it licked up all the water in the trench. And the people said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. There's only one God. And his name is Yahweh God. We sing that song. We used to sing that song. There's no God like Jehovah. Uh-uh. There's no God but Jehovah. And there's no one like him anywhere. Sad, but in Romans chapter 1, and Romans chapter 1 is becoming such an important passage of Scripture because we, we see it just unfolding before our eyes. 
Romans chapter 1 says this, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness because that which is known about God is evident within them for God made it evident to them. Evident within them is the voice of conscience. Evident to them is the voice of creation. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. Every single person has the voice of creation, the voice of conscience that says there is a God. He says, for even though they knew God or knew about God from the context, they did not honor him as God or give him thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. Moreno is the Greek word. We get our English word moron from that word. Professing to be wise, they became morons. You know who uh, works primarily at the universities? Morons that are teaching, especially in humanities, morons. And they exchange the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. You know what they worshiped in Egypt? They worshiped the scarab. You've seen that little beetle? The scarab, that's a dung beetle. That's a beetle that eats dung. He's constantly messing around with dung. You go home and you YouTube the dung beetle and you just see, and they worship that thing? That's just down, down, down from, from birds to four-footed animals to crawling creatures. Therefore, God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity that their bodies might be dishonored among them for they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Hey, our God is an awesome God. He is the only God. And thirdly, He is the redeeming God, the redeeming God. I love how the Ten Commandments begin. Then God spoke all these words saying, an introduction before the first commandment, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. He doesn't say, I am the Lord your God who created the heavens and the earth. We know that God created the heavens and the earth, but he doesn't say that starting out. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. He is the one who redeemed you. And see, we we need to remember that the commandments came not when they were slaves in Egypt, it came when they got out of Egypt and God gave them the commandments. They were a freed people that got the commandments. Now what do we do today with the Ten Commandments? We somehow think that if you keep the Ten Commandments, then God will save you. So I keep the commandments, then I'm saved. What do you, what do you hear from people when you say, hey, what would you say to God if you were to die and he, he, you stand before God and he says to you, why should I let you into heaven? And they say, well, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty good person. Uh, you know, I keep the commandments. Well, uh, can you name them? No, but I can name the ingredients in a Big Mac. You know, they don't know and uh, they, they think that, well, they're a pretty good person because they keep the commandments. Listen, God didn't give the Ten Commandments to slaves. He gave the Ten Commandments to those who had been freed through the blood of the Lamb. Salvation is not a reward for obedience. It's the reason for obedience. 
Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And we see redemption in verse 2. God is a redeeming God, and the redeeming God cares for you and me because He says, I am Yahweh your God. The Lord, Lord is all in caps in the New American Standard Bible. Anytime you run into Lord all in caps in the Old Testament, that's because that's the name, Yahweh, the four letters, Y-H-W-H. Seminarians call it the tetragrammaton, the four letters. Now, that is a that is the personal name of God, the holy name of God, the covenant name of God. And, and uh, when God gave that name, he gave that name to Moses at the burning bush. Remember, Moses said, well, what's your name? Lord, I'm going to go to the, the Israelites, and they're going to say, well, who, who talked to you? What's your name? Lord, I don't know your name. He says, I am who I am. And the name Yahweh, Y-H-W-H, is connected to the I am. I am the bread of life. You know, in the book of John, Jesus has all those I am statements. Jesus said to the Jews, before Abraham was born, I am. And what did they do? They picked up stones to stone him. Why? Because I am is the name of God. And you, being a man, make yourself out to be God. Hey, the I am, as the Lord revealed himself to Moses, he said, at the burning bush, I have seen the affliction of my people. I have heard their cries. I am coming to deliver them. Why? Because I care about them. And God cares about you and me. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may, he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Literally, it matters to him concerning you. God is the God who cares. He's the redeeming God who cares about us. And he's the redeeming God who delivers us from the slavery of sin. Now, they were slaves in Egypt. And you say, well, I've never been a slave in Egypt. But you got to get the picture here. Egypt is a picture of sin. Pharaoh is a picture of the devil, and they're slaves to sin with the devil in charge, as Pharaoh is a picture of that. And the Lord delivers them out of the house of bondage, and how does he do it? Through 10 plagues, and the last plague was the most notable. That's the plague of the death angel. And how did you make sure that the death angel didn't come to your house? You took a lamb, a spotless, unblemished lamb, and you killed that lamb, and you took the blood of that lamb, and you put it on the doorposts and on the lintel, the top part of the door, the sides of the door, and you can see the sign of a bloody cross through the door. And the Lord says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. That's how Passover came into being. It was from that night where they took the, the lamb and the blood of the lamb and put it on the doorpost and on the lintel. Now, the Bible says that Jesus is our Passover lamb. And so we are delivered out of darkness into light through the blood of the lamb. He is a delivering God who delivers us from the slavery of sin. And he is the God who wants a personal relationship with you and me. Because he is the Lord Yahweh, your God. He's just not Yahweh God. He's Yahweh, your God. He is personal and he comes to you and me personally. He wants to have a personal relationship with us. Now, the big question is, do you have a personal relationship with him? You can know lots of things about God, 
and not have a personal relationship with him. If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. It's both the head and the heart that are involved in salvation. Do you have a personal relationship with the Lord? He wanted to have a personal relationship with every single person that he brought out of Egypt. He wants to have a personal relationship with you. And lastly, he desires as Yahweh our God, he desires our love, our devotion, and our obedience. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Hey, God is the one who deserves your love. God is the one who deserves your worship. God is the one who deserves your obedience. And love and obedience go together because Jesus said, he who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me shall be loved by my, by my father and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. Hey, talk is cheap. You say you love God and you don't obey God. Then the Lord says, well, you don't really love me because if you really loved me, you would obey me. Do you love him? Are you devoted to him? Are you obedient to him? You know, when we talk about idols in our lives, you say, what, what exactly is, a, uh, is an idol? It's anything you love more than God. It's anything you serve more than God. It's anything you fear more than God. It's anything you get more excited about than you do the Lord. That has become your God. And you have another God beside God. Listen, the throne room of God is not a duplex. He's not interested in being king for a day. It's all or nothing with God. You shall have no other gods before me. Hey, how are you doing with the first commandment? Honestly, do you truly know the one true God? He created you to know him, to have a relationship with you. Would you like to come to know him personally? You do that through his son, Jesus Christ. And today, you can place your faith in Him for eternal life. And we invite you to go to FromHisHeart.org, click the Why Jesus link on our homepage for resources, teachings, and free helps to get you started with your new journey with Jesus. Today, Pastor Jeff completed the first message in the new series, Written in Stone, a study of the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments were written in stone by the very finger of God and are the most important pieces of religious literature the world has ever known. And these commandments are critical for our society, any society, every society, to function and flourish. But some people don't want anyone to tell them what to do, not even God. They think, well, I don't need God. Well, God didn't give the Ten Commandments to slaves, but He gave them to those who had been freed through the blood of the Lamb, Jesus. In Pastor Jeff's new 10-lesson series entitled Written in Stone, he closely examines each commandment and provides keen biblical insight to help you grow in your faith. This rich and enlightening series is our gift of thanks to you for your support of any amount to From His Heart this month. You can receive it in the format of your choice, USB flash drive, CDs, DVDs, or a digital download. To get yours, you can make your gift when you call 86640-BIBLE, 86640-BIBLE, or go online to FromHisHeart.org to make a secure gift and request the series Written in Stone, a study of the Ten Commandments. 
Well, that's all the time we have for today, but we trust you'll make time to join Pastor Jeff tomorrow for the next lesson in the series, Written in Stone, as he begins our study of the second commandment, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Join us for the lesson, Idolatry and Divine Jealousy, on Friday, here on From His Heart. From His Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, speaking the truth in love to a lost and a hurting world. Remember that no matter what, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Find out about that. Go to fromhisheart.org.